0: This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Hello oh, and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema, I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to year in 1978 to look at Ralph Baskie's animated adventure fantasy movie The Lord of the Rings and joining me today is a special guest, he's a good friend of mine, Kung Fu Dave, we'll, we'll go into the, how he's got that name hello. a little bit later on, hello mate, how you doing, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much Omi today, yeah. Thanks for
0: inviting me. So. No problem at all, mate. It's, um, um, it's a pleasure to have you here, mate. Um, so before we go into the, um, you know, talking about Lord of the Rings, because there's a whole lot we're going to talk about there with that, just, um, thought, just talk about yourself, mate. Um, I know you've you've you know you've been involved in a band and all that sort of stuff. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I was, well, when I was a bit younger now, um, I was in a band when I was at college, Um a little bit of a metal band, really. You know, I'm into all that kind of metal music and old school sort of 1980s metal, really. It's, that's the thing I like. I mean, a lot of the loose stuff as well is, is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, Iron Maiden, Judy's Priest, sort of stuff like that. Wow. Um, I mean, I don't really, really play a lot anymore. I used to play the guitar in a band. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I suppose work and, you know, life gets in the way when you were a bit younger when I was what, 17 18 it was like you know we didn't really have a lot of time on our hands so we we used to play, play down the local pubs and you know um,
0: it sounds great man it was good
1: yeah, I mean it was a really good it was really fun I mean if I could you know if I could um, have continued in a band and, and you know made it big then you know I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing but um <laughs> Just like you are,
0: Jay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> making films. Oh, mate, I know. Yeah, this is it. Making... Starring in The Thing. Oh, mate. I mean, you are from The Thing, aren't you? Well, this is it, mate. Yeah, in my outpost in my <laughs> shed, um, secluded to my <laughs> shed in 2020, mate, or 2021 now, making movie props, mate. Do you know what I mean? And doing, doing well, podcasts, that yeah. That's amazing, aren't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've... Um, Credit for that. I'm having a whole ton of fun with that, mate. To be honest with you, at the moment, it's just sort of uh, ignited my um, imagination a little bit. So, and the problem is, i make one thing, and then I just sort of think, "Oh, yeah, I can make that," and then I can make this, and it just sort of goes from there. So, uh, it's a bit like podcasting. I, I think about doing a film, and then I just think, "Oh, yeah, maybe I'll do this movie." So, uh, yeah, similar sort of thing.
1: I mean, so. I'm amazed how quick, how quickly, kind of. Um make them, like, I don't know, because you sent me some photos, didn't you, of, of Gordon, Flash Gordon's uh sword the other day. Yeah,
0: like, I know, yeah.
1: Three days before you, you made uh, the, Hell, the Hellboy gun. Like, like, yeah,
0: you on <laughs> <Wait> a second. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I surprised myself, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, so if I did a YouTube f- uh, channel or something like that, would be called like, Oh RJ McCready's one day movie build, you know, see so what we can build in one day. <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: you actually build them in the day, or is it... Are you working on a few projects at a different time?
0: Um, I never really have any sort of time scale. I just sort of go in there and build it and then see where I get to. And If I've got enough time in the day, uh, if I get to the end of the day and I've finished it, I generally leave it at that, you know. I just sort of Mm. make it up as I go along, generally. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) one day... One day it's going to be the Delorean coming out of my shed. <laughs> <laughs> I just I built this in a day. Yeah, this is it, you know. Let's see see where it goes, man. Jeez, oh dear. But we're not uh, we're not here to talk about Deloreans or me making uh, you know movie yeah, yeah. props from the 80s or whatever. Um, we're here to talk about Lord of the Rings. So, Dave, should we should we get into this movie, mate? Should we play a trailer?
1: Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do All it. All right.
0: So, you know you know the drill, guys. We'll play you a trailer. Going to get get onto our horses and go back to Middleworth, and we're going to talk about the Lord of the Rings. So, we'll see you guys soon.
2: Beyond the farthest reaches of the imagination and deep within the human heart. Here, in a time when the world was young, in what is known as the third age of Middle-earth, a tale is told of deeds and beings, a tale of a day when a great shadow will fall across the earth, and ancient sorcerers will lock in mortal combat with the phantoms of the night. Then, will the raging roar of the rings, draw the blood of heroes, and the final destiny of all mankind will be written. Then will mortal men with dwarf lords and elven princes come to stand together in a single noble army and thunder against all the hosts of darkness at the very gates of doom. This is the legend of Middle-earth as it is written in the hearts of men is a world more real than any other. A haunting, forbidden world where innocence can't overcome evil and a single dream is more powerful than a thousand realities. This is the magnificent gift that J.R.R. Tolkien left to the human heart and that fantasy films now brings to the screen. The vision beyond imagination. The rings.
0: And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis of this movie is the Fellowship of the Ring embark on a journey to destroy the One Ring and end Sauron's reign over Middle-earth. It's got a hundred and thirty-two minute runtime. It's a PG, and it's classed as an animation adventure fantasy movie, which was directed by Ralph Baski. Um, So, Dave, Lord of the Rings, man, I know that Hello. this is your yeah. your bag, um, you know, fantasy and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say it is. I mean, it's something that. I mean, the Lord of the Rings is something that I am. Um, or sort of became obsessed with us as sort of a young a younger chap um I'm probably still you know still really into it today what i am um i can't i can't tell you how many times i've seen the peter jackson versions of the, of the films because yeah. there's so many um and it all started when i was probably about 10 yeah um, and i stopped reading the hobbit we started reading it at school uh, when I was in, oh, well, primary school. We started reading, I think it was a, a um, you know, when you when you sort of have to read a book at school, and you know, you start learning and stuff like that. And we started reading The Hobbit as a class. And I was just sort of blown away by Tolkien and yeah, um, you know, this sort of world he'd created, um, just from The Hobbit, really. And then and then I sort of delved a bit deeper and started reading The Lord of the Rings. and, and probably at that age. You know it's quite a hard book to read um yeah the language he uses and 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 you know there's some other terminology but I, I had a go and, and i managed to get through it and really really enjoyed them so um i mean i, I was born in 1978 i was born in 1991 so um looking at you know the films that came out and, and this particular film the 1978 cartoon for a 10 for a year old to, to watch it was brilliant
0: is um, is that when you is that how old you were, Dave, when you watched the nineteen seventy eight film? Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, I remember when I was when I was younger. I stayed at my dad's um, my dad's place, um, Nottingham, and and he bought it for me on VHS. <laughs> remember VHS?
0: Oh, yeah, I do remember VHS. <laughs> funny enough, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see many of them around anymore. Yeah, they're all falling into the. Uh,
0: Eight-track sort of tape league now, you know, VHS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're, they're uh, antique, aren't they? Really? Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man.
1: But yeah, so I, I watched it one night. It is, and it's just you know the, from reading the book and watching the that film particularly because obviously this for the Peter Jackson film um, it kind of you know put into perspective about the story and, and how it how he how visual it was and, and and the colors and you know how he's portrayed well well Bats, uh, Batsky's um how he's portrayed the characters in, in that film um no, it's a beautiful piece of work really and it's you know I'm sure later on we'll, we'll go on to discuss sort of film locations and things like that and, and how they filmed it but yeah it's just or inspiring, how you know? It's almost an escapism, isn't it, to a different yep. different world? And I suppose that's well, um, liked about it. Really, it's was, it was fantastic. That's,
0: that's exactly how I see it. Um, so, so well, I watched this. I watched the Ralph Baskey seventy eight version when I was about eight years old on a Sunday afternoon, um, back in the eighties. You know, Show my age. You remember bit. the day Sunday yeah, afternoon. That's there, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and the thing is with this film is that I watched this, um, I was thinking about this today. actually, I, I I seem to remember this film more than I remembered watching Star Wars and that's odd, do you know what I mean? Um, because my dad introduced me to Raiders of the Lost Ark and that was a, had a massive impact on me. And then I was introduced to this film. And then after this, I think that's when I was introduced to Star Wars, to give you a rough idea. So, I this film gave me that sort of wow factor in terms of fantasy and adventure. Um, and it mm-hmm. stayed it stayed with me. And I've got a big love for this movie because it's just it takes me back to that age. I think films can take you back to a time um, when you've. Remember of seeing it for the first time, and it scared the hell out of me as well, you know. <laughs> you know, with the yeah, yeah, um, yeah I mean,
1: yeah, it was it's quite a dark film, really, isn't it? For a yeah, to watch, but...
0: it, it, it jumps between sort of, and what I like about this film is it jumps between, um, a, a, I don't want to say kids' cartoon because it's not, because this is adult animation. But what I mean is when you, you, you've you got the Hobbits, or you've got Frodo and Merry and Pippin, um, and Samwise Gamgee, you know what I mean? You've got that period where they're all having fun, and they're talking about eating and the shire. And then it jumps very quickly to then a Ringwraith turning up, mm. which carries this real menace. And um, I love the fact that they used a little bit of animation and real sort of the the rotoscope stuff, you know, um, and the music as well, do you know what I mean? And it's just, you know, it's, I just think it really captures that sort of, um, sense of fear and, oh shit, you know, you know, impending doom's going to happen, all that sort of stuff, do you know what I mean? So, that's what I like about this, this version.
1: I think the, yeah, the music, I mean, it's, it was um, by a guy called
0: Leonard Rosemann.
1: Leonard, Leonard Roseman, Roseman? Yeah. Roseman that's it. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he did um, Star Trek Voyager.
0: <laughs> yeah, didn't he just? The, yeah. The final. He didn't just do Star Trek Voyager, mate. He pretty much took all the <laughs> scores from this film and put it into that movie. <laughs> so, um, he, he did a... I don't know how familiar you are with James Horner, but he did a James Horner on us. You know, we used some of the scores to other movies and he used it again. But you know, love his work. It's no criticism. Love it, but yeah, he did a James Horner on us. <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't know>. uh, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like
1: it was John Williams
0: does that as well. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I, I suppose in some I ways it's too. it's it's a signature. A isn't lot of it's it? very similar, isn't it? Hmm. Um. But yeah, no. The I I kind of like the score to this, and I do the Peter Jackson film. Um, I know that's quite controversial, but I just I listen to this the music in this one. I think wow, I, f- I feel like it's really captured that sort of Middle Earth vibe or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. yeah. And whether, whether that's because I watched it when I was young, and that was my first impression, I suppose. But there's you know, I flip between the
1: two it's here it's in your mind, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Now, on the whole, um, I, I generally like this film. The only the only thing that was disappointing for me when I was watched as a kid is that they didn't finish it completely with the, the Return of the King installment. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, that was a bit of a controversy, wasn't it? Um, I was reading about it, actually. It was that that was one of the critics sort of. You know, things as a bit they didn't make the third one. But there is a there is a third there is a film called The Return of the King, which is produced by a different production company. It's a cartoon. Um I don't think it's in any way linked to um Basque, Basque, is it? No. film, but um, no, yeah yeah.
0: I think it was yeah, purely it was, you
1: know it sort of ended up the two tails, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I think it was just someone who's come along and said, here, I'll make the last installment, but they've done it in their own way. I've never <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've, never seen that film, but and I can't really comment on it because I haven't seen it, but looking at the front cover, it looks like a completely different tone to Baskey because yeah. um I don't know if you've ever seen any of his other films, Dave, because um, he did a film called Fire and Ice, which I've only seen recently and it's got it's just like lord of the Rings 78 it's got the same tone it's it's very adult you know he's got some nudity moments in it and stuff like that and he did a film called wizards as well which i think is quite dark and again he's used rotoscope and stuff like that so um yeah i think section. i
1: remember Tell me about this and i'd, I'd probably like it I've, n- I've not seen these films but um but be
0: sure to check him out, because yeah, um, you know, the way he's done it is the Rotoscope, is, it's very cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it gets um, it gets mixed reviews, Rotoscope, particularly in this film that we're talking about, because some people say they like it, some people say they hate it, some people are kind of sort of, you know, sitting on the fence with it. Um, but I've said this before on my show, and one of my fellow podcast um, hosts, Ricky Morgan, um, I'm just going to quote him now he always says you know am I seeing something different because that's good you know it's always good to see something that is different and I think this film is like that you know you can't really compare it to anything else apart from Bashki's mm. other work and I kind of like that I'd, I like it when a director does something you know especially in the art world um, something different He's brought something different to the table and I think that's what you get with this movie um, ultimately
1: yeah definitely yeah it's it's i mean it's it's a bit surreal watching the you know animated characters one and then you've got a human in there but but the, the way they've done it is phenomenal yeah i think it's, it's great like the, the majority of the um orcs are well, rotoscope humans aren't they and, and there's a scene in the in the in the Prancing pony at the beginning of the film mm. where frodo Mary, and sam are having a beer and there's they're doing the dancing on the table and <laughs> <they're> having <laughs> yeah. a good time, and then most of the people in the in the pub are, um, are rotoscoped in. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's very cool, no um, um, clever uh, you way. Know, at the time, I and mean, the technology wasn't the you know there really to you know to compare it to the Peter Jackson film, but the, the way they've done it is, is fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, someone sat at home, you know, watching rewatching this film and saying, "Hey, that's me," you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's me in <and> the dancing <laughs> pony. Yeah. That was my little like cane to fame for five minutes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Playing one of the guys in the inn, dancing around, you know, rotoscope. <laughs> oh dear!
1: Getting absolutely smashed in the prancing pony.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh
1: dear!
0: If they're getting a bear to do that. <laughs> so. Um, the other thing it's worth mentioning here we sort of touched on it earlier you know talking about the fact that they didn't make The Return of the King but this film did not fail at all at the box office um, it's made for 4 million dollars it was funded by United Artists at the time it made 30 million dollars at the box office in 1978 so that's that's not a bad take home uh, for a movie It's brilliant isn't it mm, yeah very good
1: I mean I think the um, obviously with the, with the book um People, so many people read the book and they just see a visual version of it, mm. which is probably why I did so well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I say, uh, I, I certainly would have been disappointed back in that time, you know, especially like say in the 70s when you're looking at what other stuff's coming around. I suppose it was that period of just having the blockbusters, wasn't it? Like Jaws and Star Wars obviously come to the cinema. Um, there yeah, were. The other thing I want to mention here as well is um, obviously the the voice actors in this movie. Um, you've got John Hurt, I mean, you know, he's an incredible actor and he plays the voice of Aragon and I think he's just got so much sort of um, conviction to his voice in this movie. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, he's fantastic, isn't he? Uh, um, and yeah, obviously Gandalf is Chuckle William Squire, but I- I've not really heard of him he's, he's, I think he's probably, he's probably passed away now but he's quite an old actor Frodo was played by a guy called Christopher Gard but I've got a funny story about Frodo oh
0: have yeah. oh, right, yeah, you alright and
1: Aragorn actually yeah, yeah, yeah tell so, us
0: about that then you go on
1: B- was approached by um, Dave or David Carradine um, to play um, Aragorn
0: Oh, right, Um, okay.
1: Because Caradine thought it was going to be a, um, like a, you know, like a, a, with actors and and it wasn't going to be animated. And and when he he heard that it was animated, he said no. Um, I don't know how true this is, but allegedly Mick Jagger had approached, um, Actually, and, and wanted to play Frodo as well, which is a bit strange. But, really? <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> what well, did he yeah. was what, what, as a sort of voice actor, or yeah? Did he? Oh right.
2: Yeah, okay. I don't
1: quite know how. Man, uh, you, yeah, it's a bit strange, really. But um,
0: could have chucked um, could have chucked Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> <lots> in there <laughs> as well, can you? Somewhere along the line, can you? Know? And, you know, because yeah. you know, as well. yeah. yeah. so you got David David Carradine, you know. Mick Jagger, Ozzy Osbourne. Um, you got. A, I know Led Zeppelin were going to do the soundtrack to well, this I'll as well, weren't they? You know, <laughs> so. It's going to be a whole different film, <laughs> can it? You know? <laughs> it, would be, yeah.
2: oh,
1: dearie, <laughs> it
0: will
1: headbang into the
0: uh, intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just change the whole plot to some sort of lead guitar and. Turn turn the ring into was it like a plectrum for a guitar or something? You know, a gold one. You've got to try and get rid of it or something like that. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> God, dearie me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's, that, that'd be a different move, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, dearie me. So. Yeah, moving on from, uh, yeah, <laughs> Mick Jagger and Ozzy Osbourne. Um,
1: <laughs> Digressing a bit.
0: Oh, my goodness, mate. Yeah, so I did find out as well Um we was talking about, like, film locations and I never knew this until the other day, actually, was um, the castle, so Helm's Deep at the end. Um, it was actually a location in Spain yeah. called Belmont Castle. And, uh yeah, you know, I checked it out online, It looks just, obviously... It looks like some looks like Helms Deep, you know. Like I looked at it, I thought, "Oh my god, that just looks like Middle Earth type territory." It's amazing.
1: Yeah, I, when you mentioned it to me as well, I did have a little look at it. It looks like somewhere I'd like to visit. Definitely.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously, when we get out of these uh, restrictions, I may have to go and have a look at that. So, uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> give myself uh give myself a ladder and try and <laughs> climb the walls.
1: <laughs> get your sword as well. Get you take your Flash Gordon sword with you and start pretending to be one of the Urukai.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is it. Yeah, turn up like an orc. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the yeah, I'm sure the Spanish authorities are love that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: People get arrested. Oh man.
0: Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Right. So there's um, so there's a building block. The movie. That's how it came about. Obviously, um, like I say, Ralph Baskey taking taking the helm. Um, you've also got just before we get into the actual review of the movie, there's a there's a guy called Mike Plug who did all, all the illustrations for this as well. He's worth a mention. Um, he's a yeah, definitely storyboard illustrator. Famously did um, the artwork for The Thing from 1982, which is you know a little plug-in from me. <laughs> He also worked on the Dark Crystal and Michael Jackson's (laughs) Moonwalker. So, um, yeah, just thought I'd give him a shout out as well, Mike Plug, for all the illustrations and stuff like that.
1: Amazing, amazing work, really, by I mean, and and talking about sort of, you know, the visuals of the film, I I think I've noticed a lot of uh, similarities between the, the Peter Jackson film Yeah, and um, I've got the special edition versions of that on, on, on um, DVD. and In the uh, sort of special special features bit, he just mentioned that he did take a lot of a lot of inspiration from yeah um, Backstreet's film. So yeah, I mean they are pretty pretty similar. Um, and I suppose Peter Jackson's got Backstreet to be thankful for that for how well it did, and you know and um, yeah it's, the similarities are uncanny, essentially um, yeah I noticed that not being a cartoon obviously
0: oh no yeah <laughs> this is it yeah um, oh absolutely um, I noticed that when I was obviously re-watching the movie um, especially the bit when the ring wraith I know it's obviously all in the book but the ring, when the ring wraith turns up and um, you know Frodo Merry and Pippin and Sam they go under the tree do not they to hide um, when I watched The Fellowship of the Ring back in, I think was it was 2001, I thought, oh, you know, this looks very much like the 78 version, the sequence, so it's all set. Um, even the bit, yeah. Um, yeah, just going back at the beginning of the movie, we're in there in the Shire, and they got the um, um, Bilbo Baggins' birthday, and one of the hobbits is sat on yeah. the table with his feet, he just sort of twiggles his toes with his pipe and I just thought oh that's a just looks like a sequence from the Basque move do you know what I mean I thought that that like a little easter egg like a little tie over um, so yeah I, I think Peter Jackson oh yeah when he's yeah you know when he's sort of <laughs> it's all,
1: it's just he's mentioning all the, yeah
0: he's like proud feet,
3: isn't he yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck off Bilbo <laughs> we're
1: not giving too many spoilers where
0: oh no it's fine dave always say sorry if i'm spoiling a 40 year old movie you haven't seen it now (laughs) i apologize (laughs) 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 if it just happens to be someone out there hasn't seen this film i'm just i do apologize Lord of the Rings? uh,
1: For a long time, so... I
0: don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. Um, I suppose the other thing that's worth mentioning as well is films like uh, Willow, you know, which is another favourite of mine, which, you know, look at that film. It's very evidential that there are ties between this story and that story, you know, trying to sort of, instead of a ring they're trying to get a child's safety, all that sort of stuff. So it's just, it, it's a similar sort of building block, but done different.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and from films as well, if you look at like all the books and a lot of um, video games are heavily based on this kind of world. Um, yeah. And Warhammer. Yeah, um, Warhammer. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they've got the whole, fantasy element to it, and um, a lot of that, like elves, dwarves, you know, um, kings, queens, knights, all that stuff, it's all derived from J.R.R. Tolkien's mind, really, isn't it? And, and Absolutely. The first sort of visual interpretation of that was um, this this film, um, mm. you know, which a lot of these and all—it's all blown up into this massive. world. I mean, I've got a whole tattoo. Oh yeah, fantasy Lord of the Rings on my arm, which you've seen, haven't you, RJ? Uh,
0: yep, you're. Uh, yeah, you're pretty well winked up there, Dave. You know, you—you—you yeah, you, you, you like a sort of, you like a sort of Lord of the Rings version of that dude out of Prison Break, you know? So it's like a sort of <laughs> Middle Middle Earth map all over your body. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll never get
0: lost in middle air because I can just whip on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> That's great stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> Got an old man with a beard on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, I shouldn't joke. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's. Um, and the other thing that's. There's lots of things you can put out with this film as well, which I like. Um, so, some stories, you've got other stories, um, particularly like the old Sinbad films and Jason and the Argonauts, where. And even. Going back to the old time You know One of the early stories Being Beowulf And you know Going back to the early Um, Anglo-Saxons What's interesting The difference between This story and those stories Say like Jason the Argonauts So Jason has to go To a land To try and get The Golden Fleece To go and um, Sort out the tyranny In his own land And all this sort of stuff So he has to go And get something And Sinbad does A similar sort of thing You know Has to go somewhere To try and Going to mm. get an object or... Even in the Indiana Jones, you know, let go for the Lost Ark or stuff like that. But in this film, they've already got the object. So they've got the ring. So that could be the thing that ultimately in the story you go out and get. But in this case, our heroes have already got it. They just want to get rid of it. Because this power, which you could use is evil, and we've now got to get rid of it. So I kind of like that sort of scope on this story. It's about them trying to get rid of it instead of going out for it. So it's kind of like a role reversal, which is very clever, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the opposite of most films. Adventure hmm. films kind of thing, isn't it? It's not something bad, and they need to get rid of it, whereas normally it's they need to go and get something good, don't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, um, you, could, you could easily... Or something... You could easily throw it on its foot this film can you and have it where they've got to go and get this ring to try and defeat the, the evil and all that stuff. So I kinda of, kinda of like that little spin on it. So um, there's lots of little things that you can put out of this movie when you look at it quite. So shall we have a look at this film then mate? Not that we haven't already, we pulled Absolutely, a lot of stuff it? out. Shall I do a little do a bite size review or <laughs> maybe double the bite size or wherever we go, we'll see where we end up. <laughs> yeah Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear it might be a lunchtime one I don't know right so the so the film starts off with yeah the film starts off with that amazing score as we mentioned by Leonard Roseman it's a real really sort of throws you into it and it gives you like a prologue of the, the ring and you find out that um, men dwarves elves They've all been given this um, diff- different rings of power, but then ultimately you, you, you introduce the ceremony. He's made made one ring to to rule them all. He, he wants to harvest all the power for himself. Um, so it sort of skims over stuff, and then you introduce to the fact that he's lost the ring. It falls into the hands of Bilbo Baggins, sort of touching on the Hobbit quest, um, and then it passes on to Gollum and then it sort of goes forward into the into the Shire so I kind of like that, I kind of like that sort of prologue it just gives you a little bit of a building block and um, the other thing to mention is the pace of this movie it does sort of cut a lot of stuff out but it does move at a nice pace so it jumps ahead 17 years and we're we're introduced to the, the Shire so I think that's quite a good intro, isn't it, Dave? I think, you know, a little bit of a sort of prologue introducing you to the... just gives you that building block of this movie.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think it goes through the history of it all when an um, old man comes along on his horse and cart, doesn't he? A guy called Gandalf.
0: Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, with his bit of... Um, and <laughs> bit of old pipe weed, you know. Bit of old Toby or wherever it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's all a dream because I'm smoking too much
0: pipe weed. Too much pipe weed, that's it, yeah. Just wake up in the field wondering where the hell he is, you know, after all said and done. Good <laughs> <laughs> old old Toby. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, he... Um, Get
0: some <laughs> Yeah. He, um... So the, the thing is, like I say, with this film, is I like the way it's cut. Um, like I say, I like the Jackson version because it goes into a lot of detail. But if you just want to um, see the film at a faster pace, this kind of works for me as well. And you kind of get... You, when you watch this film, I don't feel like you're just missing anything massively. It just gets you from A to B very quickly. So it cuts a lot of stuff out because it goes straight into the birthday of Bilbo Baggins isn't it and you know he introduced him and it's where we said earlier you see all the the community of the Shire and then he puts on the ring doesn't he and then he disappears and and then that's when you that's when um, he's approached by Gandalf isn't it and then again you get a little bit more of the story about you know uh, the ring and how long he's kept it and that he's a little bit more resistant to it isn't he with this ring or not he's starting to he's starting to call it my precious isn't he and all that sort of stuff like like Gollum
1: yeah yeah he's you know I think for it it shows that this thing object is bad um, from the very beginning of the film and then when Bilbo's got it him and Gandalf are in the in the back end and, and they're having an argument about it aren't they um yeah and he starts calling my precious and we've heard that before from gollum and you know you can see the sort of corruption starting to take place and that's when probably some interventions needed from from the wizard um um Bilbo himself to have the strength to um sort of leave and leave the ring behind to, to frodo
0: yeah, who's like the. He's like, a new, he's like a new vessel, isn't he? So they know that the hobbits can. Um, I think everybody will eventually get turned by the ring, but the, the hobbits tend to have a resistance to it, don't they? So he gives it to um, Frodo, so he's got a new, new character in. It's quite a good scene, isn't it? Where um, Gandalf's, you know, introducing him to the ring and he throws it onto the fire, doesn't he? And this is where you realise, as well, from the audience, that you just can't burn it. Ordinarily, a ring would just melt on that fire, wouldn't it? It's quite a soft metal. Mm. But no, not this one. It's got, it's hard and... It's not even not even warm, is it? He says. <laughs> same shame to ruin it.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's it's cold. Yeah.
0: <laughs> shame to ruin a good ring, Gandalf. <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: So, uh, so then we, so like I say, we we know the ring's evil. He's got to get rid of it. He needs to take it to Mordor, um, and uh, Frodo says, you know, yeah, I'll take it to Mordor. And then you, can, uh, Gandalf's got like a little bit of a poker face here, but he's kind of just. It's almost like he knows there's a prophecy as well. So Frodo's kind of saying the right things to him, isn't he? Saying, yeah, look, I will go by myself. Two two Mordor and I'll get rid of it Um, and then you introduce Samwise Gamgee who's hiding in the bushes he's quite a funny sort of character isn't he Um, oh I didn't hear a thing you know (laughs) he's trying to sort of oh I didn't hear anything just something about a ring and all that and (laughs) then he says you know (laughs) Um, so you kind of got a little bit of comic relief here (laughs) yeah and then it moves on
1: again um, yeah he's he's sort of like that you know sidekick isn't he yeah in in the story in that stupid kind of sidekick He's always you know throughout the film or the, or the book um sort of stronger character
0: yeah he's the um he's the joker in the pack isn't he or he you know it's a bit like the sort of c3po r2 detail isn't it in in star wars you do have that sort of character don't you? but ultimately they do play a pivotal role which we don't really find out in this movie but we do find out in the last you know, novel to this story um, so it moves on doesn't it to now you've got like the first um, journey here of a, a little band of heroes you introduced two other characters Marion and Pippin and they're on their way with um, old Bill which I think is a donkey isn't it they've got like a donkey called old Bill come on Bill <laughs> so yeah <laughs> um, and then it's kind of like it moves on to like the first uh, the ring rave. So you introduce to some the first sort of bit of horror theme in this film, I think, isn't it? Where the ring rave turns up and our heroes mm. they hide underneath a tree trunk, don't they? Um, and like as I said earlier, I thought this was quite a good sort of menacing scene when I watched it as a kid.
1: Well, it's quite a dark scene isn't it really and you've got this sort of crippled crippled being mm. hooded cloak chap that's you know pin over and frodo's got the ring and they're all scared and you know and they're hiding around this tree and um and frodo gets the ring out he's about to put it on yeah and then um this creature starts Sniffing and makes sort of strange noises, doesn't he? Like, like that, um, sort of gives you know perception that this 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 creature is bad and, and is you know he has got some sort of supernatural powers to be able to sense the ring, mm. which is probably the you know the story then later explains. Um, but yeah, I mean, to sort of digress a bit, he. The black riders um, in this film are sort of at the beginning of you know that they're sort of portrayed as this kind of broken warped crippled creature whereas in the Peter Jackson version they're sort of on a horse a bit more noble a bit more with it you know Um, but later on in this this film you that um, they're sort of majestic what used to be kings um, kings of men um, and they've you know, been corrupted by the Dark Lord Sauron so yeah yeah
0: do, do you think that's portrayed a little bit better in this version from the book than is in the Jackson movie or do they both kind of just do it a different sort of way which complements it in its own right um, some sort of makes sense I think, yeah, I think yeah, I think in the
1: timings of the film, so um, going from this sort of crippled creature to chasing Frodo and um, on horseback and you know, strong almighty sort of like ride a former king kind of thing, I think it just put in this In the Peter Jackson film, he takes it to the next next level, and it's it's just different visually, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think Um, visuals. Yeah, yeah. It's just. I think it's a bit more. I'm trying to to put it. It's a bit more um, grown up, the Peter Jackson versions, whereas this one sort of marketed towards children, trying to get a bit, bit more, you know.
0: Yeah. The, no, kid, the kid
1: can understand that this is a, an evil being, so it's got to be a bit more, ah, kind of.
0: Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, um, it's, <laughs> it's a different sort of interpretation from two visionaries, isn't it? So you've got the Basky and the Jackson, I suppose Jackson's sort of thinking, I don't want to completely rip off Basky, so I want to try and make it a little bit different in my movie, I guess, so as a... And I think on the whole, that's generally how he's taken the move, isn't it? He's... Taken bits As we said earlier Like little easter eggs Little scenes And things like that So um, But yeah No I, I think they're Generally sort of Badass yeah, yeah. In this film They're very dark The only thing I think the thing That made them a little bit Darker in this film Is the fact that they had Red eyes Coming out of their cloaks And I think anything With a cloak with mm-hmm. red eyes You're just thinking Oh no I don't want to yeah if you're walking if you're walking through an old graveyard foggy graveyard one night after having a few beers down the pub and you come across an old cloaked character with red eyes you'd be thinking no, no. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that shit <laughs> yeah you would be running away wouldn't you? yeah <laughs> so yeah it kind of works in this film as well so yeah you've got that scene so you know this guy's bad um uh, you know our, our, our heroes are in danger with the ring and all this. So then it goes on to the um, dancing pony, where they, you know, they're, our heroes are in desperate need of some ale and some food because you know that's what hobbits need. They need loads of food to keep themselves going. And um, you get, again, you get that scene as we mentioned earlier, the rotoscope. You've got a combination of animation and real characters and you get a dance scene I quite like this quite quite a good sort of atmospheric scene and then you've got um, uh, Aragon who's smoking his pipe probably a little bit of old Toby he's puff- puffing on there in the corner keeping an eye on our heroes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there you got old uh, what was it Bilbo he's a, or Frodo he's having a bit of a dance on the table is <laughs> <laughs> it at least made me laugh a bit. Really, it was quite funny, wasn't yeah. it?
1: Um, yeah. He's thinking about the, I think he's thinking about the pub in Hobbiton, isn't it? The Green Dragon. Yeah,
0: that's it. It was
1: a merry old innity. Yeah,
0: that's it. And then does he? Um, I'm trying to think now. Does he do? Does he fall over and then? Does Does he disappear with a ring, or he, the ring? falls out from underneath his shirt or something like that doesn't it so people can see what it is Or
1: yeah it it, it falls off the table doesn't he and then it it falls on his finger just somehow it's a magical ring so I suppose it it, it, um, can do stuff like that and then he disappears and a bit angry don't they Um,
2: yeah
1: um, barman um tells him off and says he scaring his customers and stuff like that and then Aragorn um, or Strider as he's known then I think the scene next to it is when they're in a um, they're in one of the, the bedrooms um, and Aragorn's with them and he st- sort of introduces himself as mm. Strider and then um, but he this is funny because in this film he he says he's Strider, and the, and the other bit of a to do, and you know Frodo, Sam, and Merry Pippin are a lot. You can't trust this man, and uh, but he introduces him. And then he sort of pulls out a sword which is broken, mm. and then he sort of introduces himself as Aragorn, um, you know, the heir to the throne of Gondor, which is you know the, the sort of the king that the, the the men, the race of men, have been looking for and he, he's the heir to it which you find out at the end of the book yeah. that he becomes the king and um, whereas in the Peter Jackson version it just he doesn't do that he doesn't have it doesn't have the broken swords on him he has his own sword because um, the broken sword is a bit back around the broken sword is that in the sort of battle between men and elves right at the beginning of of the Lord of the Rings when the in the of third age, are trying to take down. I cuts the ring off Sauron's finger. Yeah, um, and Sauron breaks the sword. In this film, Backshee's film, he he has a sword on him, whereas in the Jackson film, the sword is at Rivendell, where the elves mm-hmm. are. And that's some slight differences there, but Backshee's uh, film is close, more closely related to the book than Jackson's film is. I'd say. Oh, because
0: is because I, I haven't actually read the book um, so I'm thinking that does, does Aragon actually have the sort of
1: yes it's, it's the you, well you it's the shards of Narsil isn't it yeah I think you need to read the book RJ <laughs>
0: have, I, have I just made you fall off your seat <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can't believe
1: you've not read it RJ
0: problem is problem is Dave I just I'm not a reading type of guy that's the problem I'm, I'm a
1: you know, no, you are well, a film type of man on you.
0: I watch with my eyes. I could, I could read it to you one night. Oh God! <laughs>
1: Tuck you in and read it to you.
0: <laughs> oh dear! There once was a Hobbit. Yeah. Oh, yeah if the story starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if I'm ever having problems <laughs> trying to go to sleep Dave I'll give you a call put you on speaker mate get, get Lord of the Rings yeah, out mate uh,
1: I'll get you, on, get you on Skype and <laughs> read it <over> Skype <laughs> for
0: the <OJ. laughs> oh dear yeah no but I did always think that I thought that the, the sword broken sword was possibly in the book from the start um, but again I think it could be down to Baski wanting to try and pace this film up a bit and try and all the stuff that he was missing out, he's try- probably trying to throw in that backstory in places, so you know the building block yeah. of Aragon straight away. You know that he's, you know, the, the heir of the throne and all this sort of stuff. So, but yeah, no, I, lo- I like his introduction. I'd I, again um, a lot of conviction there of his character with the voice of John Hurt, um, who I've actually met. Um, in real life, I I met John Hurt once, um, passing by on the streets of London, and he's an incredibly nice guy. Oh wow! Yeah, really nice guy. He had a lot. Um, he, he stopped and he had a little bit of time. And he, he, Did you get a phone? Um, funny enough, it was in the time when it wasn't really sort of social media or anything like that. Um, it was just yeah, it was kind of before like sort of phones and stuff like that. I just sort of bumped into him. So. <laughs> didn't get a selfie.
1: Oh, wow. Amazing. I didn't
0: have a... <laughs> I didn't have an old... Uh, you, didn't have, you didn't
1: have
0: your Kodak. Well, your <laughs> camera. I, yeah. I was going to say, I didn't have my 24-pitcher uh, um, underwater covered in plastic Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think, knowing my luck, if I did though, Dave, it'd probably be that. I don't even remember those old codecs, It'd probably be the last film, the twenty-four one, where I do a selfie, and it'd be that one where it's just sort kind of cutting off, so you just see me, and just sort of cuts out John Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> John Hurt's like that yellow bit on the photo. <laughs> <Cool> oh <pedal. laughs> man, what a segue! Lord of the Rings and a Kodak. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, moving on from that. So, like I say again, you you got the got our heroes introduced to Aragorn. and they got a scene here where the Dark Riders turn up, don't they? It's quite scary because they turn they turn up in the bedroom, don't they? They just sort of appear. Um screen goes red with like a sort of mist or a fog isn't it it's a very sort of intense scene you think um, the hobbits are in bed and then they pull out their swords but no they're not are they they're, they're in a cellar and you've got um, Aragon keeping an eye on them so that's kind of like a your first part of knowing that this guy's going to be looking out for them he's like the dad isn't he almost yeah he's that's what he becomes like
1: vulnerable yeah. beings
0: yeah, he becomes like the um, father figure, doesn't he, looking after some children? Because um, that's kind of what they're like, aren't they, Hobbits? You know, like t- small small children. Um, so then it goes from mm. that to um, him taking them into the world, um, which is, yeah, it's another great scene. It's very sort of tense because they know that they're being followed by the Black Riders. And by this time, this is worth a mention as well. The Black Riders have changed from cloaked crippled characters into orcs. After finding out that you know the hobbits have kind of deceived them in some sort of way, isn't it? They they've transformed. Cloaks are off, and now you get the reveal of the orcs. What you mean the the riders turn to orcs? Yeah, or or is it they they. they they take their cloaks off don't they so you can sort of see their faces now don't they is that right
1: yeah um, I don't um, you know they they remove their cloaks and that's what they look like underneath but they're they're not it looks like I can I know what you mean um, RJ they they look very similar to the orcs in this film Um
0: is that where I've they're got...
1: not they don't turn into orcs they yeah they uh, they're just that's just the way they look because they're sort of like old well they're corrupted kings of men yeah they were wearing crowns and they were wearing like helmets and stuff they look very similar to the uh, yeah they look very similar to the orc I mean someone that's not read the book I mean I can understand what the confusion there because you, you look at them and they look so similar to the the, um, the orcs in this film that yeah anyone would make you know make, make think that they look, they're all the same thing but yeah, they're
0: just—that's just what they look like. Oh right, I've like always got confused with that because I just thought because where they're like green and they look like the oh. Orcs when they attack El Helm's Deep, I just thought are they have they just turned into something else here, or is that just? Yeah, it's probably just the way the animations worked out, isn't it? Where they're like green and, um. But all right, uh, yeah, thanks for clearing that one up for me. <laughs> that's all
1: right, no. <laughs> This, yeah, I think you're talking about the scene where they're they weather top. Top and then yeah, when Frodo puts the ring on. That's it. And then, but when Frodo puts the ring on, he enters into their kind of sort of it's like a celestial world almost. It's like mm. a how do I, it's like a yeah, it's like a it's called the wraith world where he will. I mean, Peter Jackson really kind of um, you know he did a fantastic job of switching between the sort of world. We live in and the world that if you put the the ring of power on it's all it's the same world you just have a different perspective of and you can see different things and you can see you know the ring wraiths look very different to how they look in um in middle earth without without the ring on so oh yeah, yeah that's he sees right. these kind of kings of men that, you know trying to attack them
0: yeah
1: um And that's when he gets stabbed, doesn't he? He gets gets stabbed by the Witch King.
0: That's it. And then he's got the blade um, inside him, isn't it? It's broken off inside him. So that's starting to... um, It's like poison, isn't it? He's he's basically poisoned by this blade, isn't he? Because I suppose the blade is uh, like a sort of pure evil, isn't it? Or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's like a... If it reaches his heart, then he, he becomes one of them.
0: Yeah, that's it. So, um, this is also where, so now Aragorn has to go to, obviously, try and get to Rivendell to try and sort this out. Um, and you're also introduced to, is it Legolas here now? He turns up, doesn't he, on his horse. Yeah, um, yeah. So, that's, for
1: these, as Anthony Daniels, isn't it?
0: i never knew that until finished, i did the research but yeah now i know it it's yeah it's pretty cool so it's a little sort of star wars time there isn't <laughs> C-3PO. it is I mean? yeah c 3 uh sort of kick-ass um you know elf archer in this movie you know it's pretty cool <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> again you know i, I like yeah, the yeah, i like the voice work in this you know i think it's, it's pretty cool um so yeah, you got Legolas, and then you've got before that. Actually, get to Ruindale, you get this sort of climatic uh, scene. Now isn't it where um, Frodo tries to get away from the Ringwraiths, um, and I think it's a pretty cool scene. You know, it's sort of again the screen changes to like a red. There's like a sort of impending doom. Um, he's you know you get a great sort of like. Uh, chase scene here now on horses and then Frodo goes across this river doesn't he which is very it's like a dried out river but then obviously the the white horses come yep. around and take out the ring rays so I thought that was a great scene just the way that they portrayed that the white horses yeah. them out
1: it's like the uh, the river turns into these horses doesn't it yeah knocks them all out doesn't he knocks all the ring rays the...
0: which I believe is is that the work it's of the elves cool. is that the work of the elves are they sort of helping out with that from somewhere? Yeah,
1: it's like Elrond's magic, isn't it? Mm. It's uh, Elrond's magic that he, he uses because it's yeah. just before they get, just before they get into Rivendell. So I suppose that's their land, isn't it? So they've got sort of magical magical powers over it.
0: Send out the the, the horses. It's on very there. cool. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, so you introduced to Rivendell, uh, you meet Lord Elrond, and. Um, Frodo's been cured. He's woken up. And it's almost like everybody's getting a little bit of respite here, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? They're just having a little bit of downtime. They're in a safe place. And you're now introduced to uh, predominantly the Fellowship of the Ring. So you you introduce some more characters. um, Gimli and Boromir. Um, Again, I I think... um, I suppose whether it's because it's my first interpretation of boring me I think he's quite good in this you know he looks like a sort of like a Saxon warrior which I know yeah
1: he he does isn't he yeah he's got his horns on his helmet and he um, yeah another thing to mention about this film the costumes they're wearing well the outfits Hmm. the animated outfits they're very very with the times of the 70s isn't it and the hairstyles and and, um, (laughs) he looks sort of like you watched a lot of films that like what, feature films that were out at that time.
0: What do you mean that? Um, <laughs> boromir has got a big bushy beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Aragon sort of got this sort of haircut, hasn't he?
0: And... It, it is. It, it's right because you think about the time this came out, in, like say the late seventies, and um, I think you think. It was quite fashionable to have a beard like that, but then when um, yeah. the Jackson films came out, sort of late nineties, obviously it would have been in production in the late nineties, came out in the early two thousands. It wasn't. Um, there was no nobody. I can't remember growing up in that time that it was fashionable to have a sort of woody, bushy beard. <laughs> Damn bone! If you listen to this, or I afraid like guys going to kill me. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> but um. He has a bushy beard, but now I think if Peter Jackson <laughs> was, if Lord of the Rings was made now by Peter Jackson, I think you pro- possibly would have a few more uh, bushy hipster beards in Lord of the Rings. So there must be a time thing. Do you know what I mean? What like you say?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think beards are popular now, aren't they? Really, it, amongst young people, you
0: know? Yeah, or well, even a lot of people in. people walking
1: around with beards. And...
0: Yeah, I, I, I think. Boromir I mean Boromir I think again uh, just what I did read is that he is I think he is a clean-shaven well-to-do character in the book isn't he? Boromir so I Mm. think that's a slight difference here but going on TV shows like um, was it The Vikings Um, I think you possibly would have a character like that do you know what I mean possibly like sort of Short back and sides with a ponytail and a sort of beard and some tattoos and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, possibly.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think you possibly have that sort of Boromir type character today. So yeah, it's worth it's worth bringing up actually. It's a good, good, good shout out of that. But mm-hmm. no, in the route in the Basque version again, that they are sort of a lot of the characters is in this quite sort of um, scanty clad, aren't they? You know, sort of got like little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little pants on, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Very short, sort of, you know, ponchos and. I remember one, one of the scene. Aragorn is kneeling down, and he, you can see his. Well, it was a cartoon, but you can see his. <laughs> I <was>
0: like, what? <laughs> some trousers on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he's the belt. Is bigger than his pants, isn't it? You know, around... Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> maybe that's the fourth edition, maybe. I don't know. This movie, you know, sort of Aragon's quest to search for some pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But we, we sort of got to love a segue, man. There you go. We sort of segued from the fellowship. So. <laughs> so you've got the council of Elrond and all our heroes are trying to work out what they're going to do with the ring um, Gimli believes that he can sort of try and destroy himself um, with his axe I think I don't think that's portraying in this though is it I'm probably thinking more of the Jackson I think in the Jackson version Gimli tries to give it a slam mm. with his axe and it breaks into pieces doesn't it um, yeah it does and then obviously I don't think this one. No, but then Boromir's probably taking a bit of a um branch out here, isn't he? Displaying the fact that he's saying, Oh, look, why don't we use the ring in our favour, isn't it? You know, we, you know, go to Gondor and try and take out um Saron. That's the start of his
1: uh we'll talk about it later on in the in, in the film, but he, he he becomes sort of corrupted by it quite early on, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, which is kind of like the sort of what they do fear, isn't it? It's like the failing of men, isn't it? Where just, they can be turned. Um, the other thing I forgot to mention, obviously, yeah. um, something I skipped over earlier on was Gandalf goes to see. That's where I get confused because it's Sauron and then you've got Saramon, haven't you? Um, which two different characters. One's a wizard, one's the ultimate bad guy. And I did notice in this film that they changed his name to Aramon and I think that was just to sort of stop confusion but obviously Gandalf goes to see him I as mean, his friend, he? as well yeah calls him Aramon which is slightly different
1: um, yeah goes to see him and wants some advice is not yeah and then um, he sort of traps him at the top of the tower yeah um, and he's like Aramon Aramon mm. and then he says it's mm. so unless the voice actor has made a mistake and they've not Taking it out, I, I don't know, but it's um, definitely called Saruman, and Saruman is this other sort of character. nice like you mentioned, don't we? He, he's sort of Gandalf bath, so sort of, yeah, speed in the white, um, and he's um, quite close to Gondor and Rohan, mm. um, and that's why Gandalf didn't turn up at the pub for the Prince and Pony because he was, he was trapped. Saruman had trapped him in the um, in the Tower of Orthang, yeah. Um, and then he gets a ride off an eagle, isn't he, and um, goes and meets the all at Riverdale.
0: That's right, yeah. So you yeah, you get to um, meet Gandalf again here, don't you? And he ultimately takes... He kind of takes command, doesn't he, of the Fellowship, doesn't he? And says, you know, we need to go to Mordor. Um, and that's basically what happens here, isn't it? So we get the, the quest... Um, where they, they go to Mordor And along the way The first place they come to is uh, The Misty Mountains And they come across um, Some retaliation don't they, From Saron I believe we, It was created like a snowstorm uh, To try and make it awkward for our heroes um, Which then they need to go through the mines Of Moria uh, Which is I I love this yeah. I, I ultimately it's probably one of my favourite parts of the story um, where you know our heroes they got to go through this place it's very haunting it's very dark um, they don't really want to go through do they because they know there's something I think Gandalf knows ultimately there's something evil down there which you find out and I, I think this is a great scene in both this and the Peter Jackson version I think it's great
1: Balin is Anyone seen the hobbit or read the hobbit is one of the dwarves that goes with bilbo on his adventure yeah and um after the events of the hobbit balin takes moria back from the goblins um and i think they live nicely there for a bit and then the orcs come back and um the he dies in the tomb and then gimli is balin's cousin um Gimli is the, one of the dwarves or the dwarf that goes on the adventure with Frodo and the Fellowship. Um, and there's a point in this um, film with Pippin and he's throwing stones down this well. Um, and largely for the journey through Moria, the Fellowship of the Ring had gone unnoticed, there's as no one knew they were in there until Pippin starts throwing stones down this well and Gandalf gets very cross with him and go yeah. fool of a tuck
2: yeah
1: um, and that sort of starts alerts the orcs and goblins that are living in the in the mines that there's you know someone someone's in there and they, they find the fellowship and they, there's a sort of, sort of battle and they've got to escape escape these goblins by running through the mines so they sort of legging it through the mines to try and find a way out and there's this point where Gandalf, um, Gandalf and, and the clan get to the bridge, and this creature called a Balrog appears, mm. um, which I thought was quite funny because it, it looks like a lion. On 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 back on version of the film, it, it's got sort of this lion's head with his great big bat wings, and it's got this whip and a. It's all made of fire and stuff. It's very, very cool. Um So Gandalf and and the Balrog have this sort of to do on the bridge and the bridge cracks and, and Gandalf suddenly falls falls down the uh down the chasm.
0: Yeah, it's a great um, scene. The bar, it's, it's a great uh, depiction of uh, good versus evil here, isn't it? You know, it's you know, it's like Gandalf with his staff, isn't it? It's like it says says it in both versions. Here, you shall not pass, isn't it. You know, you're not coming out of it. Um, yeah, it's almost yeah. like um, it's like someone saying to Hades, "You're not going to come out from the underworld, isn't it? You know, you can't." You can't come into our world, you've got to stay where you are, Um, and it's like Gandalf's going to prevent that from happening. Um, So yeah, it's a pretty cool scene, and obviously Gandalf, doesn't he, falls in with Balrog, doesn't he, and it's like a sort of sacrificial type thing, Um, and then Aragorn tries to save him, doesn't he, but then he falls, and um, obviously later find out that he does return. Uh, yeah, which yeah. I'll get into later on as a as a white wizard. <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> mm. It sort oh. of gets, sort
1: of levels up, doesn't he? <laughs> he <It> upgrades.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's what you used to call me, Gandalf. Mm, yeah, I remember that name. Yeah, Gandalf. That's what we did. We used to go, it, what are you now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am
2: Gandalf
0: the White. Yeah. Ah. There's a lot of confusion along the way on this journey, isn't there? You
1: know, <laughs> yeah. Old man, he's been smoking too much pipe. But I was gonna
0: say, that's what uh, <laughs> too much old Toby does to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we we've kind of got our first sort of fatality here, we with with the fellowship. This is not the first sort of breakup. Um, so our heroes they get out of Moria. Um, they continue along the way and then this is where they go to is it Lothridian meet Lady Gladriel yeah. Lothlorien that's it uh, they, they meet Lady Gladriel
1: yeah he was played by um, Annette Crosby I don't know if you've heard of her I haven't I've no I haven't
0: heard of her I no. done it's, thing is though, there's no one I don't know whether it's just because of the times there's no one who I can sort of say apart from John Hurt, you know, I was obviously in like, Alien. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people who did voices. I can't just sort of say, oh yeah, it's this person from this movie, but obviously I'm, you know, sure that, you know, very talented, did a sort of, again, do, do a great job with the voice acting in this.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's such an old film. I mean, mm. like I said, John Hurt and Anthony Daniels are the sort of, the only people I, I really know in, in this yeah, film yeah like apart from that like, Mick Jagger and uh, David Carradine who wanted to be in it
0: yeah that would have been. Uh, yeah that would have been yeah with the uh, Led Zeppelin soundtrack yeah <laughs> wow I, I almost would have liked to have seen that movie now you know just to sort of <laughs> see she what that would him, have been yeah. all about <laughs> oh dear um so yeah so you're introduced to uh, it's like a, again it's a, it's another moment here isn't it where Gladriel is testing herself without saying she is isn't it to um, Frodo isn't it you know she wants to see what he's going to say and then she, she realises that he is the one who needs to get rid of the ring but then he offers it to her and then she, she resists it doesn't she to say look you know if you do that then you know i'll become this evil queen predominantly but she, she she ultimately resists it
1: yeah she i think there was a sort of an essence of temptation from her wasn't there when they're they're over the um the mirror of Gladiol, which is that sort of little bowl of water isn't it in the, in the forest mm. and then she she says this sort of spiel that she i'm afraid i was trying to give her the ring and she said no mm. and she said oh i'll I'm going to remain as Galadriel and I'll diminish into the west which means that you know she'll leave Middle Earth um, which is at the end of the whole story yeah that's it um,
0: Yeah. so it's kind of like another insight isn't it to the return of the king isn't it or the end of that, that novel um, yeah. and, then, and then Frodo does something that i probably do he tries to touch the water doesn't he <laughs> no don't touch it <laughs> she gets very angry doesn't she that'd be me I'll be putting my hands in it to splash it over my face or something (laughs) I thought that was a cool little scene there oh dear yeah it's
1: very good
0: and again you get
1: lots of um you know comparisons with the Jackson version as well Mm. Hmm.
0: Yes um so uh, again like I say our, our heroes you get some nice scenes here as well don't you you get um, Boromir and um, aragon they they're sort of doing some fighting aren't they sword fighting um, so you get some, some some sort of like bonding scenes here don't you with the characters and all sort of having a bit of respite um, but then they continue um, on their way uh, to try and get to to mount doom but not all goes to plan does it because then you get um is this like the temptation of Boromir? they sort of cut to this quite quick didn't they where he goes up to um frodo doesn't he and tries to sort of persuade him to say "Look, you know if you give me the ring i can probably try and um help my city out which
1: is quite yeah he, yeah he he tries to, take, sort of tries to take it from him, isn't he? He's trying to persuade it. Yeah. Persuade Frodo to give it him and you can go back to Gondor and sort of, you know, use it again. Like I said, in uh, Rivendell, use it against um, the Dark Lord. Yeah. And it goes a bit south, doesn't it, really, for him.
0: Yeah, from here onwards, isn't it? Because then you get the the Orc attack um, and then you get uh, Boromir, he tries to save Merry and Pippin, doesn't he? And then straight away he gets the arrows go into his chest which is again watching this from a you know young age back in the day I thought it's quite a sort of effective scene here I was quite sort of taken back by this because you think you know one of our main characters getting killed here Um, even though Boromir is persuaded by the ring he's not a bad person is he he's just it's it's quite sad isn't it where he gets gets killed um Mary and Pippin get taken by the orcs And then Boromir basically said Look, you know I try to save him I try to take the ring It's like a sort of Last will and testament, isn't it? He said, look, I I did wrong I tried to get the ring from Frodo, doesn't he? Um, So yeah, it's quite a sort of Effective scene, I think, in this movie
1: Yeah, yeah He obviously realises his error of his ways Isn't he? Before his death And, um, you know probably good for a young person watching that to um yeah you know bit of a bit of an influence really isn't it i mean you know not not to die by being shot by a load of orcs but um
0: <laughs> yeah we have got to get that
1: realize that you know you could do wrong and then realize that you've done wrong and you know, yeah. learn from it but
0: again and i kind of like that in a film where if. You, like I say, it's a good point. It's quite a good thing for a young audience to be able to take that away. Um, yeah. To, to realise that um, it's not good to try and take something for yourself. And if you have, be honest about it and just say about it. So, yeah, still, it's, it's deep, but it's it's a good part of the movie, so I like that. Um, so yeah you've got Mary and Pippin they're taken away by the Orcs but then you're introduced here again it's and this film does cut very quickly doesn't it Um, you're then introduced to the Riders of Rohan um, which again they're badass aren't they 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 look in this film like as I mentioned earlier like Anglo Saxon warriors going back to the sort of 4th century of Great Britain you know with that's how I imagine they looked you know with their sort of oval helmets and on their horses with their staffs and their swords and uh, it's pretty good it's
1: very cool yeah they're very, very sort of slaying everything in their path kind of thing aren't they it's like yeah um, yeah they're, they're, they're pretty cool aren't they as are right yeah because this is the point where the fellowship breaks isn't it because Frodo and Sam go off and do their own thing yeah they, they leave Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli are off on everything. Boromir's, you know, died, hmm. unfortunately. Um, so it becomes sort of Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli's little mission to go and find Merry and Pippin, who have been taken um, by taken the by the Orcs. Yeah. And um, Frodo and Sam are... On their own adventure. So the story, this is quite clever, really. The story splits into two, two, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, that's right. And I particularly like the scene when um, Aragorn sort of sees Hobbit feet, and he? Imprints. Gimli goes one better, doesn't he? And he says, "They're, they're Mary's feet." <laughs> Definitely Mary's yeah, feet. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's Pippin's feet, and that's Mary's feet. I'm, all right, guy.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a... Time has Gimli been looking at their feet <laughs> Yeah, I was
0: gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> a weird fetish. Well, you know, it's probably a long journey through the misty mountains. He's been looking at the imprints in the snow, I suppose. You know, <laughs> <laughs> You've got to keep yourself entertained somehow, I guess. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. But yeah, like I say, you get the. I say all characters have gone on separate roads now. Um, introduced to uh is it Fang- Fangon Forest and uh tree beard yep. for a for a brief spell um who has worked out that he's not on either side but he just doesn't like orcs um, who are destroying the forest um <laughs> Mary and Pippin go whoopee that's alright <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll take that huh. um and that's really from this point in the movie. That's when you lost. You don't really see Mary and Pippin again, do you? That's it. They just that, that sort of stems onto the the next book, I'd imagine, isn't it? From from this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially with this film. You, if they were to make, obviously, if, if they made a third film, then they'd probably come back, wouldn't they? But yeah, like in Jackson's version of the films, you um, you know, the, this you've got three different stories. I mean, it's the two towers is heavily based now on Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli and snippets of Frodo and Sam. Um, cause obviously they go to Rohan, um, and the tracking Mary and Pippin and then obviously Gandalf comes back, doesn't he? Um, I want to go to Rohan. they realize that King Theoden is under some spell. Yeah. Um, You've got you know Saruman is Saruman the wizard, not Sauron, um, is controlling um the king mm-hmm. and then Gandalf releases him from the spell. Yeah. Um and you know, this is at the same time, this is when Frodo and Sam meet Gollum, isn't it? Which yeah. is obviously a very pivotal character in the in the books and the film.
2: Yeah,
0: and I say Gollum's done in a um, slightly different way as well, isn't it? With his voice. Um just in the way that he talks, isn't it? Do you know, it's obviously done differently through the voice actor and that, is it? He sounds like a bit of a bit of a geezer in this one, do you know what I mean? He's a bit of a sort of Yeah he does. Um just trying to work out a way to sort of explain a bit like the sort of artful dodger, that sort of mm, you know Yeah, I wanna take that ring off you mate. Quite you know? Yeah. That yeah. sort of makes sense, you know. Whereas the Jackson version is very sort of got a real sort of grow, um, growly sort of voice, isn't he? Like a little child. Um, whereas in this version, he just Gollum seems like a more like a sort of adult. He's going to try and have you over in some way, you know. But, um, I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, you don't really get a lot of the. I mean, in the Jackson version, you get um, a lot of this depiction of Gollum as having this split personality mm. um, and then in the uh, Baxi version it doesn't really have that he's just more of this you know grizzly little scrawny creature isn't he that yeah has a conversation with him and it seems a bit stupid but it's a bit cunning
0: yeah at the same that's time right he
1: just wants the rest. Um,
0: so yeah so you, you've got that um, quest now haven't you where they um, Frodo and Sam realise that they do need Godam, um to try and lead them to, to Mount Doom. Um, like I say, feardon is taken out from the spell. And now our heroes know that they've got to try and evade the Orc army, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And the best way they're going to do that is at Helm's Deep, which is... Coming up to the sort of climatic final of this movie, isn't it? And I will be honest with you, it's probably one of my favourite parts of the movie, this battle. I, I really do feel yeah, like it. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, um, I, I've heard some mixed reviews, especially doing the review for this movie, of people saying they they like it or they don't like it. Um, but for me, I'm, I've got to put that card on the table. I absolutely love this battle because it's got. Um, it's got that sort of impending doom. I think the Orcs are badass. I love the way they're sort of silhouetted and they come along and uh, the sky goes red and they're chanting some sort of... Mm-hmm. I think they're chanting some sort of old English, I think Baskey was saying. He was, he was pulling out um, old texts from, you know, words of the past or something like that chucking little bits in there I think that's quite clever oh right um, wow,
1: I didn't know that That's quite cool. yeah
0: he he tried to sort of form a sort of language from old sort of text from the past or something like that to try and sort of make it sound different in a way but um yeah so this this climatic final I think it's great you know <laughs> it's it's uh it really does make you feel like say from the audience point of view that that our heroes are in some sort of absolute danger now you know from these orcs and ultimately the orcs are going to win.
1: Yeah definitely yeah it's it's, because there's so many of them and they're you know using you know sort of farmers and (laughs) whatever they can sort of plunder us together.
2: Yeah
0: all all hands on the deck isn't it yeah. But Gimli's all right. Uh, eventually, he? they win it. Gimli comes yeah. out and says, oh, wow, "I like this place. Yeah, the walls feel right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I like this particular he's right at home. Isn't he? Yeah, this this stone feels good. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I love the way he, he's actually quite a, he's quite a good character. Actually, you uh, Gimli, he's brilliant. He's <laughs> he's got all the lines. Yeah, too. he's fantastic." <laughs> he's, um So yeah, so the Orcs turn up, don't they? You have this big battle, you've got Baronet, you got arrows flying over. Um They ultimately penetrate the fortress. Um our heroes retreat to the caves, and this is where you get King Theodon come out and say that sort of I'm not gonna be Um put into like a badger's pen and I you know just you know, ride with me, Aragon, and we'll just, you know, he's almost saying that maybe one day the best thing that can happen to us is that people will tell our tale down the pub, pretty much, isn't it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a hobbit might just sort of like jump on a table and start singing, you know, at Helms, de- 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 <laughs> something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, uh, Feodon, Aragorn, the army, they go out down there and the horses. It's sort of like one one last stand against the orcs. Um, they get surrounded and then that's when you get old Gandalf to turn up, don't you? Yeah, you know, and he's horse yeah. with um, some yeah, man, isn't it? The Riders of Rohan. The Riders of Rohan, they come in, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. You get that great score by... Uh, Leonard Roseman, didn't you? I just think it's a really good climatic sort of final, even though um, you don't see the other part of the book. But I guess, you know, from a seven or eight-year-old, when I watched this the first time, it really did just sort of fire up my imagination to... Yeah, absolutely. Sort of think, oh, right, you know, what's going to happen next? But I guess from when I watched this, what happened next or... All happened in my head, so Mm. it kind of worked in one way.
1: Yeah, it's it's a real. I mean, the whole sort of film is a real brilliant piece of work, and um, it's a comforting film, I think. Yeah, for me it is anyway. When I was younger, it was very exciting, but I think I I could watch it. I happily watch it when I've got a hangover because it's just like. (laughs) You know, in those days, you just can't be asked to do anything. It's just a it's easy, easy watch, really, isn't it? With you know what's going to happen, and it, yeah, you know, it's, it's just a very cool escapism, really.
0: Well, the funny thing, funny thing is though, Dave is when I spoke to you about this film, and when I first spoke to you about it, and I know you are into all your fantasy and stuff, you come out and said, "I never expected to say such, yeah, this sort of film. I don't mind sitting in the underpants." to watch for yeah. a, a beer and some Pringles it or is, something, yeah. you know. Okay. <laughs> it's,
1: a, yeah. it's a duvet day film,
0: isn't it? Really? Yeah. Well, for me anyway. Right. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty shit today. I think I might stick Lord of the Rings on. Yeah. <laughs> that might
1: make me feel better. <laughs> Get myself a pizza and a beer, you know. yeah. This nineteen
0: seventy eight on seventy eight Lord of the Rings mate. Yeah. <laughs> that sort me out. Oh dear. Yeah. So there you go, mate, that is the that's the movie, that's the review so. Um is, yeah. there, is there anything more you'd like to talk about this movie? Is there anything you feel like we might have missed out on or anything else you wanna
2: uh I-
1: I don't think so, no. I think I think we've covered quite a lot really, haven't we? I mean we've had a few hiccups with the uh the internet connection, haven't we? But
0: Oh, don't worry about that. Know. That happens all the time, mate. That's uh, the uh power of editing, mate. That's i saw that ah. mate, so.
1: excited to see your work, RJ.
0: Well yeah, excited my ninja editing. Work. I must admit though, the sound it sounds better now than it did at the beginning. Um I don't yeah, know. What it sounds, does, right? doesn't yeah, it? your your voice sounds better. I'm not. It, it's. Do you know what I mean? Coming through a lot better. Sounds a lot more clearer. Um. Oh, that's good. So yeah, thanks, Dave, for coming onto the show today, mate. It's really good. So I know it's been, there, a,
1: been a pleasure. Um, no, it's always great. It's great to come and stuff like this. I've never ever done like this before. So hello, everybody that listens.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um. No, it's, um uh, it's great to have you on board, mate. And you know, if you want to come back on the show again to cover another movie or something like that, you're more than welcome to come back on board board the show mate anytime you yeah, want yeah. so um okay all right guys Definitely. well uh hope you enjoyed the show hope you enjoyed going back to middle earth and covering the lord of the rings um so a little bit of admin for the show i'm a proud member of the legion podcast network so please go and check out all the other shows on there and you can find bite-sized cinema on itunes spotify and several other players, if you put in uh, Bite Size Cinema Podcast Legion on Google, it will take you to a place where you can listen to the show. Um, what have I got coming up next? So I've got um, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, coming up next uh, with Dan Bone joining me for that. So uh, looking forward to that. So um, beer Rick Moranis eating his breakfast cereal, which are really good. And- doing all sorts of stuff in the garden (laughs) (laughs) crazy crazy movie but uh, look out for that and I've got a few other shows um, in the works to look out for so there you go guys Um, as always keep it bite size keep it safe and we'll see you soon